You're listening to the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast, episode number nine. Welcome to the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool Podcast, because keeping your cool is very, very cool. And now your host, who is always cool as a cucumber, Terry Holly. Well, hello, everyone. This is Terry Holly, and welcome to another episode of the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool podcast. If this is your very first time listening, thank you so much for joining me today. And to my return listeners, hey. And I want to give a special shout out to James and Ivana, regular listeners. They've been giving me some great feedback, and I want to thank you both for tuning in on a regular basis. This podcast is produced every week, and show notes can be found on my website at hollycreative.com. Please come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed, and I can also be found on iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at hollycreative. Again, all links are in today's show notes. So let's get started. Well, there are less than 60 days in this calendar year. And this is a perfect time to be thinking about what you want more of in 2016. Perhaps you're behind in reaching revenue goals, or maybe your plans to do more of the social media went by the wayside, or Maybe you're behind the eight ball dealing with a business crisis that has taken you completely off track. Whatever it is or whatever you need more of in 2016 is only attainable with a good, solid plan. And I'm not just talking about a plan that's on a piece of paper that collects dust on your desk or maybe even something that's written out or illustrated on a whiteboard. I'm talking about a plan that is designed to work, to really help you reach all those important business goals and objectives you set for yourself every single year. So what does that plan look like for you? Now, I'm going to talk some honest truth here. If you ask the average entrepreneur or small business owner what they enjoy most about their work, business planning and goal setting usually aren't up there on the top 10 list. In fact, it's pretty boring. (sighs) Well, it is, and you know it. I'm right, I'm right. So for 2016, because I find it boring too, I decided I was going to take the boredom out of business planning and goal setting and try to make it fun and exciting and maybe even sexy. Okay, well, maybe not sexy, but maybe. (laughs) So lately, I've been using these apps that help me track my nutrition and fitness goals. And some of them are really, really fun to use. And if you've ever used any of these apps before, you know that there's tons of little games and challenges and incentives that keep you on track. And of course, all the emails and notifications you get if you haven't been signing in and tracking your progress regularly. Well, there's one particular app that I'm really, really loving these days, and it's called Lose It. And I love Lose It because when I reach a milestone, I get these medals and badges and 
I get really excited about these things, you know? So while I was using these apps, I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be awesome if there was an app or program that would help businesses track their goals, just like my health and fitness apps, and even had that element of fun and all the bells and whistles, just like my health and fitness apps um, have. And, you know, I'm thinking this would make business planning kind of fun. So I did a little research and I didn't quite find what I was looking for. And maybe that means I need to actually create the app. That would be fun. Um, But I did find a ton of goal trackers that were for businesses and they were both apps and programs. They all look fantastic. They look like they all do a terrific job with goal setting and keeping on track. And some of them work really, really well for teams. So to help you set business goals for 2016 and to help you make this fun, I've collated a list of 25 goal setting and tracking apps and programs that all look like really good options. So some of them are apps and can be used on the mobile device. And some of them are web-based programs that can be used on a PC or Mac. Some are free, some are not. But this list is a great starting point for finding something that works for you. And also will help you make the process fun and exciting and maybe sexy. So to download this freebie, all you have to do is go to hollycreative.com forward slash goals. That's hollycreative.com forward slash goals. And now let's get to today's topic. So you guessed it, today's topic is on business planning and goal setting. And I've got a fantastic guest on the show today, who also happens to be one of my favorite colleagues. Her name is Jean Rossum. And she's the founder of Roadmap Marketing, a company that helps businesses grow by connecting their business goals to realistic tactics. Jean has worked with companies such as SunTrust Bank, Google, American Express Open. She is a national blogger for SCORE, and she has also taught executive and university marketing courses in the United States and Mexico and is published in academic journals and textbooks. She holds a BS in mathematics from the University of Texas at Austin and an MBA from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So I'm really grateful and excited to have Jean on the show today to talk about business planning and goal setting. Um, I think you'll really love the conversation we're having on this topic. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jean Rossum. So, Jean, thank you so much for being my podcast today. Welcome. Thank you, Terry. It's a pleasure to be here. You do some amazing work in the area of business growth by helping entrepreneurs and small business owners create roadmaps or business plans that are designed to be much more than just a piece of paper, but something that results in a business successfully reaching their goals. So with many of us sitting down and creating goals for this new calendar year, kind of assessing what worked, what didn't, what can we do differently. Talk to me a little bit about the common mistakes that a lot of business owners make during 
this process. Well, thanks, Terry. I really appreciate being here. And um, you're right. I mean, right now, all the leaves are changing and we're definitely in the thick of planning season. You know, people with the change in the year, they think about the upcoming year and what they want to do, how they want to grow their businesses, what their goals are. And I've got to say, over the years, I've facilitated a lot of meetings with different organizations. You know, sometimes they're nonprofits, sometimes it's a startup, sometimes it's a pretty established company who's just looking to improve what they've done. So a really big variety of of organizations. And I will say that in going through that, you know, there's kind of three areas where I see are the greatest pitfalls or the places where typically things fall apart. And the first is exactly what you brought up when you were introducing this, which is around the whole idea of goal setting. And I find that the most important thing to get straight is for the owner or the leader of the group or organization to be very clear on the outcomes they want for the year coming up with a planning horizon, as well as for the meeting itself. And what I find is that a lot of times they'll call together these meetings and it takes a lot of time. Sometimes it can cost money if you're going off site and it can cost your reputation. And the leader goes in with sort of a a nebulous idea of what They think it's clear, but it's really pretty broad and mushy. Things like, oh, I want to grow the business or we're going to grow revenue. And then they throw out some sort of arbitrary number. And they really don't dig deeper into what is it that they really want to get out of the business and what is it they want to really get out of the group. So there's a few things that we try to do um, when we're, we're, you know, we, we first spend the most time with the leader because At the end of the day, planning isn't going to be successful if the leader has not bought in and doesn't get what he or she wants out of it. So the first and most important question is, like, what do you want to walk out of the planning session with? Like, what is it that you want in your hands? Is it prioritized list of new product development? Is it sort of um, milestones for the year? Is it your most important processes that need to be streamlined? The really tangible outcomes that you want to drive the group to. And the more you can be clear about that, the more you know you're going to get there. Because once you get into the planning session, and if you have more than three or four people in the room, you probably know this yourself, Terry, right? It just, it, it quickly goes in its own path. And so you need to have that destination really, really clear in in your mind. So that's kind of the first thing I see is is people not, you know, setting clear goals, especially the leader of what they want to get out of the meeting. So if you can get that straight, that's the first kind of barrier. The second is basically assembling the wrong people in the room. So sometimes the planning team is sort of picked willy nilly, or they're just picked by a rep- strict reporting lines. And really, the people that come should fall out of what you want to accomplish. So, for example, if you're really focused on cost control, then you really need some finance people in the room. Sometimes organizations don't have sales or customer service or people who have the voice of the customer. So really thinking about who are the people that really need to be in the room and making sure that they're included in some way. So that's another thing. And then also when you're talking about teams is to basically look at 
the dynamic of each of the people. In an ideal world, I like to go and interview each of the people who are going to be in the meeting because every person that comes into the meeting has some sort of personal agenda. There's something that they want to get done. They see a problem or they want recognition or there's a project they want to push through, something. And if you can have an outside person talk to people in advance, then you're likely to sort of understand what all of those personal outcomes are for people and weave it into the meeting design. The other thing is you want to understand personalities. So when you have people in a room, invariably you're going to get a bunch of people that are more introverts and they're going to be quiet and they're going to typically not speak up. So you're going to want to understand that so that you can design the meeting in ways that they can express themselves and that their voices are heard. And then on the other hand, you're going to have people that are especially talkative and because they're more boisterous and outgoing, they can really take things off in their own direction and they need to be reeled back. So understanding all those group dynamics are really important to success. The second reason I see things kind of go off the rails. And then the third and final reason is basically the follow-up is that after the meeting, I can't tell you how many times everyone's all pumped just had a great meeting. Everyone came to some really important decisions. They're all excited about the coming year. And then it just falls flat because there's no managing process at the other end. There's no setting up meetings, setting up accountability, setting up times. And so it basically just becomes a really fun meeting that doesn't go anywhere. And then you lose credibility with a meeting. So those are kind of the, at a high level, sort of the three ways that I see planning sort of fall apart. I'm sure you have seen that as well in your work with with many different kinds of clients with online marketing. Oh, absolutely. This was so good. You know, I think especially with social media, just being able to have the right expectations in place is huge. Asking the questions like, after six months of engagement on Facebook, what do we want to see? What are some goals that are important to us from that engagement time? And certainly assembling the right people in the room is huge. And I really like how you talked about the inclusion of team members based on their ways of doing business or different communication styles. I think that's huge. So, yeah, absolutely. And then follow up. That's the ball that gets dropped a whole lot, especially after these goals are in place. Yeah, I I agree. And, I, you know, with social media, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think people look at social media in such a narrow way. So they just kind of think that's one of the marketing things they're supposed to do. And they don't look at get it as integrating with the entire plan. So you can use social media to keep up with your important contacts, for example. And that can weave into your partnership program. It can weave into collecting information to drive into new product development, for example. There's all kinds of ways that you can take that one function and it can map into whatever are the priorities for the organization. And the other thing I will say that sometimes I see lacking is the planning meeting isn't grounded in information. And social media is so rich in terms of the information it can give you. So a planning meeting is is not going to be any better than the opinions of the people around the table unless you bring outside data like voice of customer into it. Like you're saying, social media is exactly that in real time. Absolutely. Your point of assembling the right people in the room, I think it's 
critical that you have that top person or the the C-suite totally bought into the idea of engagement Mm -hmm. on the social web. I don't think that happens a lot of the time. And I also don't think that the C-suite folks really understand how social media works, what are some appropriate goals to set around engagement on the social web. So a lot of education needs to take place as well. So certainly having those people in the room, having that conversation ahead of time before engaging on the social web is crucial. You're, you're right. And I mean, actually, as, as you're talking, I mean, I'm thinking that one thing that would be really great for the person who's doing social media for a company to sort of bring back to the team, especially at planning time, is you have real life quotes, right? From people that maybe they're industry thought leaders, their potential partners, maybe their potential customers, maybe their current customers. And you can't argue with real quotes. You can't argue with. And that's the richness that social media can bear. And so being able to bring that into the planning session really gets everyone's attention. And it makes it much more relevant than you know, something that's sort of perceived as sort of uh, fluffy background chatter. Yes. So for a team that's looking at their successes and their challenges for this calendar year, and they're looking at some of the things that they want to do differently, what is the number one thing you think teams should do when they're looking at bringing in business success for this next calendar year? I mean, that, that's a really good question. It really does get to the core of what what happens in a good planning session is that you know, you want to get at, you know, what are the key drivers of success and maybe the key roadblocks that are holding you back, right? So when you put together a planning session, you know, it's going to be messy for a while. But if you can get at what are the few things that are really keeping everybody up at night and prioritizing them, that's going to help drive the group. So sometimes, for example, I'll give you a good example that that you probably see as well with most at least smaller organizations, you know, cash flow can be huge, right? The lack of cash flow or constrained cash flow means that you can have all the ideas you want in the world, but you can't act on them because you don't have the capital to be able to go and invest in it. And being able to sort of look at that and have that as an assumption on the side can really help guide the discussion to be more realistic. So, I mean, kind of getting back to your question is that it does help to sort of have everyone come equipped with, from a background, to start off with, okay, 2015, what do we feel went really well? What do our numbers look like? What do we feel were really big roadblocks? If you start with that, then that can help the team then decide, okay, what are the few key metrics or things we want to measure going forward that are going to get us to the next level? Is it new customer acquisition? Is it higher revenue per customer? Is it people paying their bills on time? It it could be a whole bunch of things, but that discussion in and of itself will help drive the three to five numbers. And I don't care how big your company is, it shouldn't be more than that. Three to five numbers that you're going to track and hold everyone accountable for in the coming year. And if you do that, it's just like wearing your Fitbit. Uh, You will go ahead and you will start making changes, right? Because numbers don't lie, right? So you'll see it. But that taking the, the previous year, distilling it into the few things that you need to keep doing or change, that'll help drive real change in the new year. I love that. Yeah. And there are many of us that get to 
that second quarter of the year and start looking at these goals and think, oh, gosh, all this work that we did in November and December, and we're, we're not really on track. We really didn't take this seriously. How can a business owner keep their business goals alive mm-hmm. during an entire calendar year? What are some tips that you give people to, to make that happen? I think that's a great question. And I guess I would say that there's a couple things is that before you first, before you leave the room with your original planning session, having a managing process in place. So that means meeting every month to look at where you are versus your plan. And like you said, if you really can take stock after a quarter and say we're off, then ideally it would be great if you can have a a shorter quarterly assessment where you look at, look, we said we were going to be here. We're not. So either the goal was wrong and why was it wrong or our assumptions were wrong and then adjusting your forecast moving forward. Because a lot of times what happens is that people don't adjust it. And so what happens is that variance between your goals and your outcomes gets just wider and wider, right? Over the year, it's really discouraging for the rest of your team. I've seen this with sales forces where the first quarter doesn't go well, but nobody's adjusted their goals and um, to, to show certain kinds of realities. And so they, the goals are a joke because they haven't been adjusted to reflect what you know is really going to happen. So if you can take each quarter and say, we didn't make this goal because we need to uh, change an assumption or change what's a realistic rate or, or a key person quit or whatever it is, that's going to help your goals be in line with reality and everyone to continue to be motivated, right, as opposed to deflated. And, you know, especially with online marketing, social media, there's a lot of adjustment yeah. that has to go on during the year just because technology changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you just have to be really flexible around some of the goal setting. So I think that going into goal setting with the mindset of we might have to switch gears, Mm -hmm. I think is so incredibly important. And this really does have to be kind of a working document in a sense. But I think goal optimization and and being able to adjust and be, be nimble is incredibly important for many businesses. I think you're right. And I think that with social media, you're right. I think that also there's a bit of a confusing point around social media with regards to planning is that, like you're saying, the C-suite also, because something new comes on board, right, a, a new channel or whatever, they get overwhelmed and they just don't want to hear about it. It's just they think it's not important. But the reality is you have to embrace it, especially depending on who you're selling to. It could be an important new channel, Right. But being able to tie sort of what you're doing with the original goals so it's not based on, oh, you know, Instagram is hot or whatever is the the latest and greatest channel is hot. And so we have to go into that, that you're not doing it for the technology's sake, but you're saying, look, you know, we've just got new data that our target market of moms between the ages of 30 and 40 are really actively sharing here, right? And this is where we need to be. That helps tie it back to the real goals as opposed to whatever platform it is or however you're doing it. It's still being seen as a piece of an important piece of getting the company where it wants to go. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I have a lot of businesses that got little carried away with Periscope this year. It's Uh, like, where did this come from? (laughs) 
And it was really hard for my business owners who had this document in place to really see, okay, where does this fit in the whole scheme of things? How can we incorporate this into our business goals around social media? It was very difficult for businesses that weren't as flexible, mm-hmm. weren't as willing to adjust and, and optimize their plan. Periscope was one of the things they just wanted to ignore, right. hope that would maybe go away. But I, a lot of my business owners that were open to adjusting and optimizing, you know, really embraced this new technology and gave it a try and seeing great results with it. Yeah, I think that's a great example. And I would also say that's the other thing you can do with your planning sessions is you can assume that you're going to have pilots. I think everyone assumes that every decision needs to be some sort of major course change in direction, like you're saying, adopting Periscope or something. As opposed to saying, okay, we have this idea. It's a good idea. It's something that's emerging. So why don't we do a pilot and then come back and report the learnings from it? And that allows everyone to sort of the organization to sort of be more open to things where, okay, this is just, you know, something we're going to, we're going to test out. We're going to see how it works and to have it you know, be based on the data that comes back. I mean, that is the beauty of digital marketing now is that it's really not based on just somebody's opinion. It's based on you can capture numbers. You can see how many people were engaged, who was engaged, what kind of reach it had. I mean, all of these things are now available, which is really great and allows you to really show what's happening. Terrific. Now, This is a conversation that you and I had, but I want to mention it on the show. You had mentioned a great book that I actually wanted to ask you a little bit more about called Traction. Uh Can you tell me a little bit about that book? Yeah, it's it's a great book. It's called Traction, as you say. And essentially, they take, I'm going to get the number wrong, but I guess it doesn't matter, somewhere 21, 23, I forget, different sort of marketing channels, social media, of course, being one of them. Some of them are channels like a direct sales force or PR or events, all kinds of things. So 20, like I said, something like 22 different types of channels that you can use to acquire new customers. And what the book recommends is that what they claim, which I would say is probably a good assessment, I'm guessing you would agree too, Terry, with your work, is that a lot of times what the problem with businesses do is that they try to do everything at once. And so they don't spend enough time to allow something to play out to determine whether it's really going to work for them or not. So instead, what they recommend is that you look at all these different traction channels, different marketing channels, and you prioritize a few, and then you really put a lot of concerted effort around them, and you let them play out for a decent amount of time, like at least six months, to be able to see how it's working in terms of new customer acquisition. And the other point that they make is that channels also sort of run dry for you a little bit. So it's also a good thing that Perhaps your direct sales force has been great, but they need a little help. And so you need to incorporate events or some other kind of channel that's new and different to get you out of your kind of comfortable installed methods and into new fresh customers. So it's basically a methodology for looking at all the options you have for marketing, picking a few of them, and then refreshing them, playing it out, seeing how it works for you, and then adding a new one as you need. So I really recommend it. I mean, it's a really, like I said, a very methodical way of going about your marketing and deciding that big question over 
well, exactly what do I do with my marketing? You know, do I invest in social media? Do I invest in direct sales? Do I invest in a distributor? And it sort of helps you in making that decision in a more logical way. Yeah, you know, I know that new customer acquisition is probably going to be the number one goal for many, many businesses for this next calendar year. So that sounds like a terrific book, something that's worth sitting down and reading before actually getting into a goal setting session. It it is. It's real. It's very good. And the other kind of neat thing is they have, you know, sort of like a chat board, a discussion board, so that for each of the 22 areas, so you might find the, the social media piece interesting. People will then, you know, sort of similar kinds of companies will talk about their experiences or their recommendations or tips or whatever for that particular channel. So it, it's a it's kind of an interesting community to sort of breathe some new life into it. I love that. I am definitely going to get that book and read it. It might be something that we talk about on a future podcast. Great. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. Well, Jean, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast today. This is very interesting. Well, thank you, Terry. And um, I hope that all your listeners have a very fruitful and productive new year and that their planning sessions go great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, what a terrific interview with Jean from Roadmap Marketing. I want to thank her again for being a guest on my show today. And I'm hoping that the information that we shared will help you grow your business in 20. 16. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And hey, listen, if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes. Definitely share this podcast with a friend. And please visit my website at hollycreative.com for more free tools and resources that will help you grow your business. You've been listening to the How to Rock Online Marketing Without Losing Your Cool podcast. This is Terry Holly, and I will see you right back here next week. Thank you.